0: People of PS Podcast, this installment promises to be uh, edifying, enlightening. Uh, we have our one of our chaplains, Middle School Chaplain Nathan Tenney, with us today. Um, welcome, Nathan. Thank you. Uh, people, I think people know uh, Nathan for uh, his the spread that we did on you in the Window Magazine, the multiple connections to Presbyterian School that you have through through marriage and experience. I thought that was great. Um, but uh, yeah, so every, everybody gets the same first question. Nathan, what's, what's your five-minute autobiography? How do, you, how do you find yourself sitting here?
1: Wow, five-minute autobiography. I grew up in Southern California. My parents, before they retired, my father was a lawyer. And my mother was a kindergarten teacher. I have two brothers, a twin brother, and we have a younger brother who was born exactly 18 months after we were to the day.
0: Can we stop for just a quick second, and can we talk about... The, the hilarious prank that you played on me with your twin brother who looks exactly like you. But it, it's hard to explain. How, I mean, and you, you all know this. Still to this day, you look exactly alike.
1: We do. We are identical twins. And he was visiting before Thanksgiving. So it was that last Friday before Thanksgiving break. And he was here with me the entire day. And so he, we're in Palm Court for middle school carpool. And I said to my, my twin brother, walk across the street because you were, you were there. And I said, say, hello, good morning, Dr. Carlton. And so my brother did that. I think at that time my hair was shorter, though, so it was clear. Um, he has a 10-pound advantage on me, too. He stays in better shape than I do, so a little bit thinner. Hair was longer, so you knew immediately. But a lot no, of the students – oh, I, you didn't know immediately.
0: No, I, I thought – I mean, honestly, what I thought was that somebody had gotten a really – very authentic and creepy Reverend Tenny mask, and had put it on, and I, then I thought that can't be possible. And then I saw you were sort of, you know, lingering in the background, laughing hysterically. So, uh, so did you did you all have
1: fun with that when you were kids at all? You know, we didn't. But there was a year in high school where we had all the same classes together, each section even. So that what made it easy; didn't have to call a friend and ask what do we have for homework tonight so
0: you were in the exact same classes every single day
1: we were we were both in the honors classes and he he was originally in a different section but he liked my schedule better so he switched and asked if he could be in the same class and as a large school 3,000 students but they didn't have an issue with that so we had all the same courses together and did the, did the
0: teachers, I guess they eventually got, you know, got used to it, but that, I could, as a teacher, seeing the same person sitting, did, were you alphabetized in your sitting, I guess, seated next to Sometimes, each other? Sometimes,
1: and, and other times we, like in our science lab, we just sat together because we were lab partners, mm-hmm. and um, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. All right, so you grew up in, uh, did you grow up in Southern California? We did. We grew up in suburbs east of Los Angeles, two suburbs. We moved right in the middle of middle school but grew up in Southern California in Pomona and Chino Hills. And I went to college in Southern California, a small liberal arts school there, and then took a year off between college and seminary and discerned a call to, to seminary. And my brother, speaking of my twin brother, who is already in seminary. He went right out of college, so we went to seminary together. So you went to high school together,
0: went to seminary together?
1: Did you, go to, you didn't go to college together? We went to different colleges. Okay. So, so he's, he's also in ministry he it works in he's a civil servant in the state of Oregon, but is very involved in his episcopal parish and it wouldn't surprise me if at some point he ends up in ministry so I guess did you
0: all did you all would you say you grew up in the church and were regularly at at church like you know sundays and
1: we did up until about middle school and there are several reasons i I think we just got busier and when we moved even though it was just one suburb over the dry was just that much further, and from the congregation where we were worshiping, is a nice little Presbyterian congregation, and then our minister, who my parents both really loved, left, and so just sort of all those transitions at once uh, made it difficult to find a new church home. So for high school, I, I wasn't active in a church, and it's actually one of the reasons why walking alongside our middle schoolers is important to me now, because I want them to sort of live into their faith and lean into their faith. And I tell them the stakes get higher as you get older for the decisions you make and the challenges you might face and the peer pressure. So I want you to have a firm foundation in faith and relationships with God and relationships with one another, so that you have people you could turn to people that you trust as as you face these decisions and and make decisions that are good for you
0: well it's interesting too um, I mean generationally we're we're both you know older than our students, but even like even you, when you were in high school, middle school, like you, the you just talked about the busyness of your life kind of took you away from church, and I know that's a challenge that a lot of our, you know, middle school kids and our families that are maybe listening to this, you know, grapple with even today. And so it's good I, th- I like what you said there about you know getting getting that foundation and formation here at school. Um, not just not to exclude
1: you know continuing to go to church, but it's possible to get to get some of that here as well. And I think it's even more challenging for our families than when we were growing up because there was no Little League on Sundays and, and there weren't those sports events as there are now. And so the whole weekend can be, and it might be difficult for our families to find find space for being involved in a faith community.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that.
1: So, okay, so you, I love how you said
0: that you um, took some time and discerned. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that, what does that mean for you know, for for people who maybe haven't encountered that word with respect to a calling? What what does that mean when you think back about that period of discernment? What does that mean for you?
1: It was was praying, and it was a lot of conversation with my minister. I was living in Washington, D.C. after I graduated from college and involved in a church there, and also conversations with my brother. I wasn't sure of where I would end up or if I'd be in ordained, an ordained ministry or congregational ministry, but just had a sense that God was calling me to uh, to further my studies and to be immersed in a community where faith was important. And so I ended up at seminary with my brother. And so I remember when we first got to know each other, you did some interesting
0: work, I guess it was after seminary, um, where you actually wrote a Sunday school curriculum, didn't you? Uh how, yeah, how did, you, how did you, well, I guess, so you go, you go to seminary and then take us, take us through the next few years.
1: Graduate from seminary, I'm working as a, a non-ordained pastoral assistant, basically a non-ordained pastor at a United Methodist Church next door to the seminary uh, where I was worshiping at the time at the church there, and then end up in Florida working in a, a, as an associate director of children's ministries at a very, very large congregation of about 5,000 members. And while I was there, I was asked to apply for an open position writing Sunday school curriculum at the United Methodist Publishing House, which is also called Cokesbury. And so moved to Nashville, Tennessee. was working there, writing faith formation curriculum, and then was ordained during that time in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And so was also working as a part-time uh, a minister uh, of children, youth, and families there, and then From there, after four years doing that, went into full-time congregational ministry in Palo Alto, California, and was there for two years. And it was while there that I was introduced to Eliza, who had become my wife, and so moved to the great city of Houston because that's where she lived and that's where she's from.
0: And now you and Eliza have welcomed...
1: Samuel. Young Samuel, yeah. Yes, he's 13 months old now. So it's a, it's a fun stage to be at. Not not quite walking, but... Uh, How about sleeping? He does very well with sleep, praise the Lord. He, yeah, that's a gift from God. <laughs> it was around <laughs> August that something just clicked with him, and he sleeps through the night. Uh, many prayers have been answered, and I will <laughs> knock on wood right now on your desk yeah, because yeah. he. we hope that he continues to sleep well yeah. so that we can get rest.
0: All right, so, um, so you find yourself at Presbyterian School, um, and... It's uh, it's interesting. Some of the things that, like, I, I know you and Brenton have done such a great job. The the reason I wanted you to mention the curriculum writing and and you even mentioned the, uh, the the term faith formation. Like, we really have been intentional since you and Brenton came on to to take our Bible classes, especially, but also our chapel program, into more um, faith formation. Um, how do you see that? How? Why, why is that important in the context of a school like ours, do you think?
1: I think it's important for several reasons. First is that our, our faith is foundational to who we are as um, people created in the image and likeness of God. And the more we're able to live into that, the more that uh, it informs everything that we do. And the more that we share that with our students, um, the more that it that helps them to live into the values of, God's kingdom and I think it's also important as well because speaking of our families and how busy they are and that they aren't some of them able to be involved in a church community in the way that they like because their lives are taking them in so many different directions that we can be an added resources as well so supporting what they are receiving in terms of faith formation uh, spiritual uh, growth and guidance from their home churches and just sort of layering that on top of what we're doing here. We are get to see our students five days a week. So that is an added benefit. And I know a lot of churches wish and pray that they would be able to have that level of investment and involvement in the lives of their families and the lives of their church members. So I feel very blessed that we're able to do that.
0: Yeah, that's, I think that's a great way of putting it. I, I remember... Um, Probably about ten years ago, I had somebody stop me and say that Presbyterian School was their faith community, and I remember at the time feeling like that. I didn't know how I felt about that, honestly. Just feeling like that was kind of a responsibility that I, I didn't know that I didn't know that we could, you know, fill in that role. Um, but then the opportunity to get to know you and having Brenton coming from freshly from seminary. And then I think the, the community aspect of what you all do is so, the, the building of community is so important. Um, so so when I think about faith formation, there's the, the piece of it that it's, I guess, kind of intellectual, right? You're mm-hmm. learning about the faith. But then I think you've done something this year um, that's really very practical with respect to faith formation, and that's communion in our middle school chapels. Um, and I remember when you asked me last year if it, if we could do it, and I kind of was disappointed in myself that I hadn't sort of thought to do that before. But why why did you think that was important to do? And what are what what do you think is ultimately what's one of the goals that you hope we accomplish
1: by having communion in middle school? It was important for me to do it. I, I think on one level because Jesus says as often as you gather, do this in remembrance of me, and. We were worshiping, we worship each week in middle school. And so I thought, well, why couldn't we do this? Um, This would just be a beautiful furthering of the expression of the faith that's lived out in our community if we could gather around the table and share in this meal that that Jesus has asked us to share in, in the same way um, that we gather each week and pray and sing and and worship. Um, I also love the sort of the Reformed understanding of, of communion, and not to get too theological, but Presbyterianism being part of the Reformed family of faith, that in, in gathering and worthily receiving community, we're lifted up into the presence of God, and in, into the um, in the hev- heavenly sanctuary, and that to me is just a beautiful expression of living out our faith, and when we have that opportunity to, to come together, to offer ourselves in praise and prayer, and be lifted up into the presence of the risen Christ by receiving uh, the bread and the cup. Uh, it's a very beautiful and meaningful moment for for us as a community.
0: And I've, I mean, so I've been uh, I've been in middle school chapel for communion, um, and I've been struck really positively by the attitudes of. Our kids, whether they are, you know, Christians or non-Christians, whether they're regularly attending church, maybe they've never even experienced communion before. What what have been some of your takeaways from, you know, our first few times venturing into this?
1: Yes, we wanted to make sure that all of our students were able to participate in a way that feels meaningful and authentic to them. So we said you could participate in three ways: you may come forward and receive communion, you may come forward and receive a blessing. Well, I just lay a hand on their forehead and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you Listen every day. Or you may opt to stay in sitting in the pew and pray and think about your own expression of faith and encourage all of our families to have those conversations with their students. And so I've been encouraged by the number of students that told me that they did have those conversations and that everyone thus far has been able to participate in a way that feels authentic to, to where they are in their journey of faith.
0: And I guess that's ultimately... One of the goals of our of our program, anyway, is to have the conversations at home about you know heady issues like whether it's in the you know history classroom and you're talking about you know society's changes or you're talking about something like receiving communion. That's ultimately that you know the first word in the mission is family. We want the family to be involved. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a a great a great goal. So the, I guess the second piece of you know, sort of faith formation in action, right? This idea that we uh, gather together in, in communion, and in community and receive receive uh, communion is also just our emphasis. And this is not new, but it's something that you've been charged with and, and you are extending is just our service days and our connection to service in the community. So talk a little bit about that.
1: So we did something different this year And rather than have one middle school day of service where all of our grade levels went out to different organizations, we changed it. So we have three days done by grade level. And that has allowed us to strengthen and deepen our relationships with neighborhood organizations with whom we already serve in lower school and, and other divisions. So our sixth grade students just went out last week. Uh, our seventh grade students went out in the fall and our eighth grade students will go out on March 22nd to four area organizations, Emergency Aid Co- Coalition, Nehemiah Center, Main Street Garden, and Herman Park Conservancy. And so just being able, even though it's different groups of students going each time, that we're able to build those relationships and build on the work that each of the previous grade levels have already done. It's, it's just been amazing, I think, in terms of deepening our uh, Impact in this neighborhood, and being part of service and transformation in the blocks just around where we are located. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and so our
0: uh, our strategic plan talks a lot about investing in the neighborhood and and being a being a presence. Now, I will say, I've been in secular schools and I've been in religious schools, and pretty much every school today has a some sort of a service component to it, right? It's good for your college application to get those hours. Why, you know, why, why does it make sense at Presbyterian School that our um, emphasis on service resides in the chaplain's office? Why wouldn't we just create another office called service? Why, why
1: does it make sense that you own that? I think because that's what Jesus told us to do. And I like to tell my students, or all our students in middle school, the Bible can be summed up in two commandments. In fact, Jesus does so. It says, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, on these hang all the law and the prophets. So loving God and loving our neighbor. And when we're able to go out and be the hands and feet in Jesus in this community, we are showing love to our neighbor. And we talk about how it looks differently that maybe pulling weeds or prepping a a garden they may not think of that as loving their neighbor, but it it is, and it's also being stewardships of God's creation as well. So we love our neighbor in different ways, um, but we do so in ways that are uh, transformative, both for the community around us and transformative to us as people of faith.
0: I like it. I like too that we I like that we have changed and gone to grade level, and I like that we use that we. Have the same four partners because I think that gives you an opportunity as a middle school student. And there's a there is a big d- developmental difference between a sixth grader and an eighth grader. And so, you know, the idea that you may serve in the sixth grade at, at the Emergency Aid Coalition, but then you may serve at Nehemiah in the seventh grade. I think that's um, a, a really nice opportunity for our kiddos to be exposed to um, places that are in this in this community. They may wind up serving later when they're maybe in high school or even if they decide to come back here as adults.
1: Definitely. And just the more that we help our students live into their faith and by living out their faith, then we are doing our jobs as educators and as people of faith here at Presbyterian School. Yeah. All right. So
0: um, as we wrap up, I was, I was surprised to find out that you, when you, gr- when you were growing up, you told me that you were big baseball Guy, I right? Was. Just li- kind of lived and died by baseball, right? I did. I think people might be surprised. So, so what? I mean, I guess you're growing
1: up in you know Southern California. Was there a team that you that you followed? To my primarily the Angels because I loved uh, Wally Joyner. He uh, was a baseball player that played for them in the I think beginning in '86, yep. uh, and then moved on to the Royals and the, and the Padres and the. Braves, I believe. I'd have to look back. Listen to you, Wally Joiner, and then my. But my dad was a huge Dodgers fan, and through his, uh, he was a bank attorney, and so his bank had seats at Dodger Stadium. So sometimes we'd go to Dodger games as well. But you, you would. uh, It's important to note that you did not list the Dodgers
0: first. You were primarily an Angels fan. Is that fair to say? Yes, I was primarily an Angels fan. So were you a fan of the Angels when Nolan Ryan? Was playing for the Angels, or did he already moved on?
1: He'd already moved on. Okay. But we would spend our summers in Weatherford, Texas, because my mom was from Texas and up outside of Fort Worth. So we would see a lot of Rangers games on TV and go and see them play. And he was with the Rangers at that time. So, is there? Did you have a favorite player when you were growing up that you still remember? For a um, uh, Wally Joyner was a favorite. Nolan Ryan was actually a favorite. Um, I'd say the two of them. My dad was a huge Don Mattingly fan, even though Don Mattingly played for the the Yankees. My brother loved Cal Ripken. My younger brother, my twin brother, loved Kirby Puckett. So everybody, everybody was everyone had like a different favorite player. Yeah, interesting. So that's great. No, so my uh, oldest
0: brother is a huge Dodger fan. We we grew up in Baton Rouge and. And then my middle brother is a cincinnati reds fan and so they were always they used to be in the old national league west together and and when i was growing up the only games we could hear on the radio were astros games and so i was sort of an astros fan and then with cable tv you know we got the big stations and we saw the braves and we saw the cubs so so yeah so i maybe people will stop you now and talk about a little a little baseball what 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 was what about baseball is appealing to you do you think when you're a kid
1: just the, i really enjoyed the history i read books about great players from the past and Stan Musial, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, um, teams from the past and hear my grandfather tell stories. He was a, a Cardinals fan growing up mm-hmm. and because he butted heads with his own father, my great grandfather who was a Cubs fan, so he chose yeah. the Cardinals. Um, yeah. It was always fun to hear his stories and he, my grandfather coached baseball for a little bit at a high school level.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. All right, Reverend Tenney, you're always uh, always
1: surprising me with your
0: m- multifaceted uh, background. We're glad that you're here, and uh, I love the uh, the direction that our our middle school chapel program is going, where we really are forming faith, but we're also living it out in so many ways. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you.